Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. This week on the podcast, I thought I would talk about, I would share with you guys my food journey. Um, It's super interesting because as I was kind of like scripting out and planning out the flow of this episode, and I was sort of like reminiscing on who I was and where I came from and my relationship to food as a kid and how I've, I've always loved food, FYI. Um, it's really interesting to see how far I've come, to see where I was, to see where I am now, and just how this journey has really evolved. And it really reinforces for me that this whole food journey, how you relate to food, all of that stuff is really a practice. And as you grow and evolve as a yogi, as a human being, chances are that the way that you relate to food, your choices around food are going to grow and evolve as well. So I want to share my journey with you to show you that I was not always this way. I was not always this like health conscious yogi who was vegan at all. In fact, it was quite the opposite, though I did always love food. So I shall get into it. So... Um, I've pretty much loved food my entire life. And my dad loves to tell this story about how when I was like two or three, we were in Florida. And um, so to be clear, I was not always a vegan. I really grew up in, you know, I I want to say like a regular family, but there was always meat around. And so at like the age of two or three, we went to Florida and we were eating at this restaurant and there was all you can eat ribs. And I like ate a whole rack of ribs at the age of like two. And my whole life, I've really been... um, motivated by food. I really love food. And a woman on our most recent yoga retreat actually said um, very aptly that I never miss a food opportunity. And it's true from a very young age, I was always very like, okay, I want to eat like the most delicious thing. At the age of about 10 or 11, I started to develop this fear around food because at some point I learned that the food that we eat is either going to make us fat or it's going to make us skinny. That was sort of the idea I have. And I have this really sad diary entry the age of 10, I'm going to link, I actually wrote an article on this in my blog, like two or three years ago when I first started it. Um, and the diary entry says it's titled reasons to lose weight. And the first one was, so people will like me. The second one was, so people will stop making fun of me. And the third one was to lower my cholesterol. That's very practical, (laughs) but, um, attached to it was this list of foods that I should eat. And at the time, the only food that I could think to eat was bananas. I don't know why, (laughs) So me and my friend have this ongoing joke that like I was on the banana diet, that this is this like exclusive, I don't know, type of diet. But anyway, so at that age, I had this really negative relationship with food and I started to realize that the food that I was eating was either going to make me fat, it was going to make me skinny. I began to not like obsess over food, but I became very aware at this young age that food was going to have an impact on that and that the way I looked was very important and that it was going to define, you know, my social worth. And that's important as a kid, right? Like we all want to fit in. We all want to be liked. And for me, I thought, okay, if I'm skinny and I avoid these bad foods, then I'm going to be more liked by my peers. And so, you know, for years I had this on and off relationship with food. I never was like, I don't know, I wouldn't say I was like super obsessed with losing weight or anything like that, but I definitely... Um, I didn't know. I didn't understand how to eat well. I thought, you know, the sort of like general things that you think, oh, fat is bad. Ooh, pasta is bad. All that stuff. Anyways, when I was about in my early twenties, I did my first whole 30. And if you've ever done a whole 30, it was seriously so transformative. And I read the whole book and basically 
it teaches a lot of what I teach now, which is that a whole foods, you know, diet is the way to go. And I learned so much about all of the crap that's in processed food. I began to develop this passion for making my own food. I began this passion for developing super delicious recipes that were also really, really healthy for you. Um, and so that's really where my passion for developing these recipes came from. And I'm so grateful for that like whole 30 perspective. And at that time, I do want to say I was still eating meat. In fact, in that whole 30, I probably ate more meat than ever. I was eating like bacon wrapped chicken with like, um, you know, cashew cheese on the inside. I was eating like, I don't know, I would make guacamole and I would put bacon fat in it. Like I was eating so much, um, meat at that time, I didn't have any concept of this sort of like energetic aspect of food at all. Um, and it wasn't really until, so at this point, like I'm eating quote unquote clean, I'm eating, I was grain free at this point, pretty much. I was not eating dairy because one of the things, so let me explain to you, first of all, how the whole 30 works. So basically for 30 days, you consume no dairy, no sugar, you can have dates and stuff, but no like maple syrup, no honey, no, you know, coconut sugar, certainly no refined sugar. Um, no gluten, you don't have, um, and there's certain things as well, nitrates, sulfites, these additives and preservatives, you get rid of those completely. You basically make your own food for 30 days and you watch and see how you feel. And then you have like a reintroduction period. So it's kind of like an elimination diet where you eliminate the known inflammatories and then you slowly, um, add things back in. And so out of that process, I discovered that I did not do well with dairy. So before being vegan, I was completely dairy free and I did okay with grains, but at that time I was eating meat and eating grains just didn't really make sense for me. Meat was quite filling and stuff like that. So yeah. So at that time, totally not vegan was eating a lot of animals, uh, but I was making my own food. I was becoming more health conscious. That's when I started really reading food labels. That was a huge, huge game changer for me and having like the accountability of that sort of like, um, cleanse, so to speak, or that 30 day challenge, super, super important. I'm the kind of person who like, if I'm involved with like a group that's doing something or there's like a structured sort of cleanse, I'm way more likely to stick to it than not. And I really felt that that was like a catalyst for this long term change because now it's really just become a way of life. And the whole thing around whole 30 is you do the whole 30 and then you have the whole life, get it? (laughs) So you do a whole 30 days and then it just translates into this like whole holistic way of living where you're eating real food for the most part. And so that was a huge, huge catalyst for me. Um, and so I was eating that way for a really long time. And at this point I was a rugby player. I was a personal trainer. And at some point, maybe around, I think at around 24, I stopped playing rugby. I had way too many concussions. And as I was like transitioning out of rugby and into like something else, I knew that, you know, physical activity was very important to me. I had have a degree in kinesiology. I was a personal trainer. I've been active. I've been an athlete my whole life. So being active and doing exercise was something that was always super, super important to me, but I'm also the kind of person who needs to feel like motivated. So at this point, all of my workouts, all of that stuff was geared toward becoming an amazing rugby player. We did strength specific workouts where like all of the exercises were geared toward upping your rugby game. But now I wasn't playing rugby anymore and I was sort of trying my hand at like running marathons. I was a personal trainer, so I was trying to make my own workouts and none of it felt, I just didn't feel, I didn't give a shit to be honest with you. I didn't care enough about looking hot and skinny to like go to the gym and like, you know, do workouts. I didn't love running that much to commit myself to doing it every day. And it wasn't until I found yoga, I had been experiencing like some anxiety as well as a result of my concussions. That's for like a whole other, you know, podcast, but 
So I was dealing with anxiety. I was really wanting some sort of, you know, like structured routine. I also tried CrossFit at this point, which I did love. It was really fun, but it felt like fun. I don't know. It didn't feel, it didn't, I didn't feel super connected to it. So at this point in my life, that's when I really found yoga. I thought, man, I'm struggling with anxiety here. You know, I want to do something that's, uh, you know, movement oriented. And I joined Moksha Yoga in Thornhill and I started practicing and it was super awesome. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It was really, really um, supportive of my anxiety. I was moving, I was sweating. I felt like I was like detoxing every day. It just felt really good. And so I became this like yogi and over time, I would say after about like one or two years of solid daily practice at this point, I had met my now husband Vikram. I had been thinking for a while, maybe even before I had been uh, a yogi, I'd been thinking about having like one vegetarian day a week. But as I started practicing more and more, the draw toward vegan, not, not even veganism, but toward vegetarianism felt way stronger. Like I just, and I can't even tell you what it was. Like, I can't say there was this like aha moment. It was just this like evolution. I just felt more and more icky, I guess, about consuming another living being. And so, um, at this point I had been dating my husband, my now husband for a few months and he was going to India. And whenever we, I always tell people, whenever people are like, how did you go vegan? Um, I always tell them how, whenever he and I would go out for dinner, I would order something that had meat and he wouldn't, and I would never finish my dish. And he would always, you know, want to eat my leftovers, but man, there was, there was meat on it. So I started, um, choosing vegetarian options when we were out. And then when he went away to India, I thought, let me try being vegetarian on my own because I didn't want my decision and my choice to be vegetarian, to be associated with like, like, you know, to be because of him, I wanted it to be an independent decision. Something I did from a place of like empowerment, not from a place of like, Oh my God, my boyfriend's vegetarian. So like, I'm going to be vegetarian. So while he was gone, I was like, cool, not going to eat any meat. And I got to tell you, it really wasn't that hard. I did not miss meat at all. I was eating lots of, you know, beans and lots of legumes and lots of, um, you know, tofu. And because I had already had that like desire and passion to create delicious food, whole real food in my kitchen from the whole 30 that I had done, I found it really easy to get creative and experiment with like vegetarian and, you know, vegan options. Um, and because I wasn't eating dairy anyway, I was pretty much already vegan at that point, but I was having some eggs. So anyways, once he came back from India, I'd been sort of sharing with him my journey as I was gone. And when he came back, we both sort of said, you know what, like, let's try being full on vegan. You know, like I just didn't want to be associated with the, the maltreatment of animals, so to speak, because also in that period, I'd watched all the documentaries, you know, like Earthlings, Cowspiracy, I don't even know what the other ones are, but all those, you know, Netflix documentaries on how poorly um, animals are treated. So I had done all of that stuff and I just felt really called to, okay, like this is more, this is about more than me. Like, you know, I feel, and I want to be clear too. I felt good on a vegetarian diet. I felt more energy. I felt like my digestion improved. I felt good. A lot of people who choose to go vegan slash vegetarian don't feel good. Um, and that could be for a number of reasons. So if you've tried and, you know, being vegetarian is really important to you, but you feel like shit when you're on a vegetarian diet, go see a naturopathic doctor, send me a DM, like, let's talk because you, you might not be doing it right. I had enough nutrition knowledge at that point to do it right. So to speak, I was eating whole foods. I was supplementing properly, but maybe you're not doing that, or maybe your body isn't designed for a full on vegan or vegetarian diet. And you might require some animal products from an Ayurvedic perspective, um, I've mentioned this in the past in podcasts, but, um, sometimes 
specifically people of Vata Dosha, require some animal byproducts and or animal animal flesh, as they say, to feel grounded and to feel sustained because animal products are used in Ayurveda clinically um, to build up the tissues really quickly. So if you are someone who doesn't build tissues really quickly, you're very vata dosha, then being vegan might not be a good option for you. Being vegetarian might not work. But again, if it's something you're called to, I really encourage you to reach out to somebody who's like an expert in this area or a naturopathic doctor who can do some blood work and tests for you to get you some actual answers to see how you can make this lifestyle work for you if it's something that's really important to you. Just as a little disclaimer. So yeah, so I would say probably about five or six years ago, that's when I really became vegetarian slash vegan. Um, And then since then as well, so it started off too in the beginning of my vegan journey. I was, yes, I was health conscious about eating whole foods, but in the beginning I was more concerned with just being 100% vegan. So I did eat a ton of those like fake vegan mock meats thinking that they weren't that bad for me because they were vegan. And I have to tell you that again, as time has gone on, I've really learned to value the importance of a whole foods plant-based diet. And this is the thing that I see people do. I don't want to say wrong, but I think like the biggest thing that vegans and vegetarians do is they don't focus on whole foods. They just think, oh my God, I'm going to be vegan and I'm going to eat all of these, you know, fake vegan mock meats because they're hashtag vegan. And just because it's vegan means it's good for me. No, (laughs) just because it says it's vegan or gluten-free does not mean it is building your health. And so this is something I say to people all the time is choose whole foods, whole foods as much as possible. And this isn't to make you fear those processed foods. I eat processed foods sometimes for sure, but I am aware in my mind that those things are not building my health. And that is something that has come. I talk about vegetarianism and veganism being a practice. That is something that has evolved for me over time, that those processed Processed foods are largely tamasic in nature. They are dulling in nature. They lack prana, right? When we talk about ahimsa, they are, I don't want to say harming your body, but they're not overly helping your body. They might taste delicious, but they're not super nutrient dense and building of the good tissues in your body. And so when you are going and adopting a vegan diet, and like I said, something I learned along the way was to value whole foods, take, you know, 10 extra minutes and, you know, get your protein from chickpeas or beans or tofu instead of these fake vegan mock meats, which are not super nutrient building. So another thing that sort of, again, evolved for me over time is incorporating um, more of an Ayurvedic perspective and diet in my life. Because when I first became, when I first started my food journey, like I didn't give a shit about spices. That might sound really bad, but like I'm a, I'm a white person. Okay. We spice things with salt and pepper and maybe cayenne. Like when I was making my first like delicious vegan meals, do you know what it was? It was tofu sauteed with kale and I would put salt, pepper, and cayenne with a little bit of lemon. That was it. That's basically like the extent of what I ate kitchadi, you know, chana masala, these, you know, spiced foods were not something that were in my repertoire growing up in Canada. Like, you know, our food is quite, I don't want to say bland, but it's not filled with spices like Indian food is. And I really credit my husband at Wandering Matt for introducing me to spices, introducing me to Indian food, introducing me to Ayurveda, which uses spices so strategically to support digestion, to support the doshas, to balance the doshas. And this has become something that is so important in my regime now. I'm so much more familiar with spices and how they impact the doshas. I'm so much more mindful of living in harmony with my environment, of making food choices that are not only vegan, not only whole foods, but that are going to be balancing for my dosha. So I did a podcast on, you know, vata balancing while you're traveling. So 
I know the certain foods and the qualities of my food that are going to balance vata dosha when I'm feeling really out of whack. Or if I'm feeling overly kapha, I know the foods that I should eat that are going to be balancing of kapha dosha. And this is something that over the, over like five years has evolved for me. It's evolved from you know, being a meat eater to being a vegan at all costs, to being a whole foods vegan, to being like an Ayurvedic plant-based human. And I have to tell you that like, as this journey has evolved, I feel way better now in my late twenties with, you know, like a really active and at times exhausting, like one and a half year old, she's almost 18 months, which is insane. Um, I feel better now than I did in my early twenties. And I really attribute so much of it to this, like Ayurvedic plant-based diet where I use, and I'm incorporating, if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to the five pillars of a yogic diet. That's what I really um, incorporate. And just understanding how Ayurveda, how we can use food and lifestyle as well to support us on this journey and feeling good. And I also feel, like I said earlier on, early in my life, I had this like really negative relationship with food. I was fearful about eating too many calories, about eating too many fats, whatever. But now that my whole relationship with food has shifted to one of, yeah, I literally get to have my cake and eat it too. Like I get to eat super delicious food all the time. That's not only delicious, but it's health building. It's dosha balancing. You know what I mean? It's food that fuels my body. It fuels my soul. It it supports my digestion. And I get to eat as much of it as I want, right? I've tuned into a whole other element of this. Like I said, is like tuning into my body and doing and eating like intuitively almost. And Ayurveda is basically like the science of intuitive eating. You know, you tune into your body, you honor what it needs. And so... When we're eating intuitively, when we're choosing a mostly whole foods, plant-based diet, the satiety signals, AKA like our feeling of fullness, our our hunger signals, they're going to be accurate, way more accurate than when we're feeling it with junk food. Because what happens is when we don't eat real food, when we eat junk food, we are filling up our body with empty calories, but not very many nutrients, right? So the idea of empty calories is like, it's not even about weight gain. It's about like our body's not getting fueled with what it needs, but when we're giving it exactly what it needs, when we're fueling it with whole real foods that are nutrient dense, that have tons of prana, that have tons of life force, we're going to feel amazing. It's going to help regulate our blood sugar. It's going to have us feeling amazing. And so that's something that's really, really shifted, um, for me as well is like, I, yeah, I eat as much as I want, not because I've become this superhero who like never gains weight, but because when I'm hungry, it means my body needs something. And if I'm not hungry, it means my body doesn't need something. And this is just like a total side note, but something I've noticed as well is like, if I have like, say a sweet at night, like a a sugary something like a dessert, I know that that's going to impact my blood sugar and I'm going to feel really hungry in the morning. And this is where intermittent fasting has become amazing. So it's not only two, I'm going on a whole tangent here as well. It's not only what I eat that's shifted, it's how I eat. It's incorporating things like intermittent fasting. It's eating more mindfully without distractions. These things have all shifted. And again, it's all been inside of this like evolution of who I am and how I eat. And so if there's one thing that I like to teach people and that I want to teach people is how to make these changes and to honor that it's a practice. Where I was five years ago is not where I am now, even though I was vegan, even though I was eating, you know, like a relatively healthy diet, I am in such a different, better space mentally, emotionally, physically than I was then. And it's because I've become so much more conscious about how food affects my body and I've let go of perfectionism. And that's a huge thing. And one of the things that I preach in the Yogi Feel Academy that I preach to all my clients that I preach on social media and everywhere is it's not about being 
perfect. It's not about being hundred percent vegan. It's not about hundred percent clean eating. It's not about any dogmatic rules. It's not about being the perfect Ayurvedic eater who eats only in alignment with the seasons and only fresh homemade food, you know, that wasn't reheated with all the best, you know, like the six tastes. It's not about that. It's not about being perfect. It's about being more conscious. And that I feel is at the crux of what has shifted my whole perspective around food, about what has shifted, you know, how I feel and it's given me so much freedom is that I know that eating whole foods is best. I know that eat not that eating, you know, mock meats aren't healthy for me. I know that eating, you know, a pizza isn't necessarily health building, but I also know it's delicious. I also know that like, I want to eat pizza. Sometimes I want to eat white bread. Sometimes I want to eat processed vegan ice cream sometimes. And I do, and I do it from a place of consciousness. I'm very aware of how I'm going to feel when I eat it. I'm very aware that it's not, you know, supporting my, you know, body for health reasons, but I know that it's supporting like my mind. I know that I'm honoring myself in the sense that I'm choosing something that's going to make me feel good without, um, sort of conflating that it's going to make me, you know, more healthy. So I think for me too, like this idea around balance has become super, super important where for, and this is where I talk about the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the time, maybe 90%, I'm eating a whole foods plant-based diet with all the best spices. That's like, you know, with the seasons that's like freshly cooked, I'm doing all of that. And 10 to 20% of the time, like I'm eating that processed vegan ice cream and I'm loving every moment of it without guilt. And I give myself that permission. And I think that being that, that fluidity is what has had me be so, so successful And this understanding of how it affects me, mind, body, and soul. Like I don't want to deprive myself of something that I want. That's going to make me feel good uh, because I'm so attached to these like rigid guidelines. So that's my journey. And you know, like who, who knows, who knows where I'll be in five years from now, 10 years from now, probably still vegan, probably still not eating animals. I really just don't think I could eat the flesh in Ayurveda. They call it animal flesh. I don't think I could do that again, but who knows, who knows where I'll be. I'm very open that this is a journey, you know, that this is an evolution, that this is a process. And so if you right now are someone who like wants to be vegan, or maybe you're not vegan, right? Maybe in your head, you're like, I will never be vegan. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that mentality, you know, be open to what, I don't want to say like the universe has in store for you, but be open to change, be open to shifting, be open to this practice, especially if you're an Ashtangi, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, the practice whispered to me to be vegan. The practice whispered to me to stop eating meat. Like I hear this all the time. So don't write it off completely. Honor and acknowledge that the same way that your physical asana practice evolves, the same way that in your physical practice, you you know shock yourself and surprise yourself and your body does things that you never thought it could, don't write off that your choices around food, that your you know dietary habits might shift entirely as well because you are not a static person. You are a dynamic person being that is constantly changing and evolving and your food choices should evolve as you evolve. So I think that's all I have to say for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love to hear your thoughts and comments and any discussion that you have around this, because I know that food can be a really heated topic for people. It can be a really challenging topic for people. It can be a really triggering topic for people. And I'm here to support you in in any way that I can. So if you have any comments or you want to chat or anything, please send me a DM on Instagram at Melissa Singh Yogi Fuel. You can send me an email to hello at melissasingh.com. And as always, if you like this episode and 
you found it valuable and informative, I would love for you to give it a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can share it with your friends. It would mean so much to me. This lets iTunes know and Spotify know or wherever else you're listening that you like this and it'll help more people find the podcast. And as always, if you have suggestions on more things you want me to talk about, I'm always happy to take them and to serve you in whatever way I can. All right. I will see you guys next week for another episode of the Yogi Fuel Podcast. Bye.